Amen. And God is good. And here's, here's what I want you to know is, is that we're believing God for your freedom. So we're believing God. Now, now we're, we ain't asking God to provide it because he's already done that. But we're believing that the lights are going to come on and that people who walk in darkness are going to cross that, that threshold and begin to walk in the light. And, and, and darkness is the realm that the enemy has authority in. Read the book of Jude. It's not a very long book, just one chapter. And in the sixth verse, it says that, that uh, you know, those angels who left their fir- first abode have been reserved to a place of darkness, chained in prisons under, under darkness. Their, their realm is darkness. Darkness in the Bible is not the absence of a light bulb. It's the absence of knowledge. And it's not that knowledge isn't available. It's that knowledge is rejected. And when you, when you reject the knowledge of God, this God's system of logic, the, the, the word logic, we get it from the word logos. In the beginning was the word, the logos, God's system of logic, God's idea was at the beginning. When you reject that, you're not walking in the light, you're walking in darkness. And, and in darkness is where you find yourself getting entangled in all types of bondage, right? In, in the darkness is when, uh, you know, your, your vision is very limited. If you turn on the lights, you can begin to see things that you couldn't see before. And the only reason you can see it now is because, well, you've been enlightened. The room is enlightened. You turn the lights up, you can see stuff you couldn't see before, right? And if you can see stuff you couldn't see before, then you can reach things you couldn't touch before. And if you can reach things you couldn't touch before, you can possess things you couldn't get your hands on before. And if you can possess those things, you can accomplish things that you couldn't get done before. And all of a sudden, life begins to get better and better. And, and, and what's it from? Well, it's from enlightenment. It's from knowledge. It's, it's, it's walking in the light. The life that Jesus came to provide you is, is a life of freedom. You do not have to live in bondage one more day in your life. Yeah, that is a happy moment. Don't, don't, don't be timid. timid. Just, that is a happy moment. But see, now, now again, but you got to, and all through the service today, you know, be kind of looking at your characteristics. If you're super quiet, listen, if, if you shout amen or something, they ain't coming to escort you out. Okay, so you just, just, matter of fact, everybody just, just breathe a little bit, relax a little. Well, I, I don't like it when it gets noisy. Well, then you better stay out of heaven. Okay, the last thing you want to do if noise makes you nervous is go to heaven. Because you know what they're going to be doing up there? It's going to be a big old honking celebration. And, and I think I heard something about the first 10,000 years just being nothing but loud, clamorous noises and shouting and praising God. You won't be able to control yourself. <laughs> and you're sitting on it right now. Some of you guys, you just, I wish you could see your face. You're sitting on it. It's like, oh, my God, don't make any noise. Do not, I do not want to look foolish. Too late. Okay? You, you, already, you, you, know, you know, oh, man, I don't know if I'll even get a preach today. Here's the deal. Check this out. Is that if we let the Bible define our, our vocabulary, right? And Jesus defined wisdom and foolishness. Remember? And he said, remember when he was talking about the wise man and the foolish man and how they built their house? And he said, well, what makes you wise? What makes you foolish? Well, well, wisdom is, he said, anyone who hears these sayings of mine, well, actually, let me rephrase. I think he said, everyone who hears these sayings of mine, everyone, because, you know, we're all hearing these sayings of his. He said, but everyone that hears them and does them, right, I'll liken unto him. He's the wise man. So if you, if you hear the word of God and you do it, you're wise. 
Can we agree that that's a biblical truth? Can we agree that that's a biblical truth? Okay. And then he went on and said, and, and he said, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he's a fool. So can we agree that if you hear the word of God and don't do it, you're a fool? Okay. I didn't write the book. Okay. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. Okay. So, so if you hear the word of God and do it, you're wise. So it's wise to do the word of God. It's foolish not to. Okay, well, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, don't let three people be the wise people. And, and for some of you, I'd just let you know if you're sitting by a fool or not. Because the quiet ones, according to the word, are foolish. I'm preaching to a bunch of fools. Okay. <laughs> well, well, that's good. So let's flip on the light. So, well, well, I just don't believe that all that noise is necessary. Really? Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. And he was, uh, he was quoting Psalm 8 where it says, out of, the mouth of, uh, out, of, out, of the mouth, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained praise. Praise has the power to silence hell. Do you realize that Satan and all of hell uh, every, every dark demon in, in the universe has to stand back and be silent when you begin to praise God. So, well, some of you guys, you got so much noise going on in your life, and, and there's a voice screaming at you saying, don't you make a sound, 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 don't let them talk you into making a sound. He's going to make you look funny. He's going to make you look funny. No, right now you look foolish. And God wants you to be translated from the realm of darkness into the realm of light, where you realize that every once in a while, there just comes a moment when you need to tell hell to shut up. Come on, somebody. Take this, take 20 seconds and silence hell in your life. Come on. My God. Look at somebody telling I feel better already. John 8, 31, Jesus talking to believers, okay? Jesus talking to believers, and he made this statement. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciple. See, a lot of people got their Jesus follower t-shirt, but they ain't in the word. They don't continue in the word. They don't carry the word out in their life, and so Again, you know, if you're going to be a follower, if you're going to be a disciple, you got to stay in the Word. And he goes on in verse 32, and he said, and if you continue my Word, you're my disciple, and you're going to know some truth, and the knowledge of that truth is going to make you free. So if you continue in my Word, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Listen to me today that what Jesus wants to do is he wants to pull you, lead you, guide you, drag you if we have to. We need to get you to freedom. Okay? We need to get you to freedom. Now, now what we always want, especially in our culture and, and in a church like this, what we want is deliverance. 
See, we, we want God to come in and snatch us up out of something and, and, and put us in, in, in a nice safe place with white sand and a, and a cabana and a little drink with an umbrella in it. We, we want God to translate us out of something we don't like into something that we really enjoy. And matter of fact, if we had a prayer line, that, that, and we're going we're gonna to believe God that, that there's an anointing to break the spirit of poverty. Everybody come running down, and we're going to break that spirit of poverty. But, but yet, if we had a class, you know, a, a biblical uh, financial boot camp, you know, Financial Peace University, the line's so much smaller. You know, drag your spouse down to the altar and have the devil cast out of them so that your marriage can get better. But if we offered a marriage conference, you wouldn't want to pay the hundred bucks to go to it. Why? Because we like deliverance, but freedom isn't the same thing. Deliverance is a deliberate act of God to deal with issues that are beyond your control. When Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go, well, here come frogs, and here come locusts, and there's all that blood, and there's all this stuff going on, and God is delivering his people out of bondage. And he takes them into the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years, they wandered around in the wilderness on an 11-day trip. Why? Well, because he, he, he delivered them out of bondage, but he's got to, he, 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 wants, he wants to, you know, to, to take them into a land of freedom. And see, it's, they're, they're, it's, not, it's, it's not just getting you out of Egypt, it's getting Egypt out of you. Right? It's, getting, it's, it's getting that mind renewed. It's getting those chains off of you so that you can sustain your freedom. A lot of us want God to do stuff so we don't have to do it. No, God's going to do things that, that you can't do, but you're going to handle the rest. And you, you have a responsibility you know, to, to show up and grow up. You have a responsibility to, to you know, study Show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have an obligation to, to continue in the word and not try to come up with reasons why that don't apply to you. Come on, guys. God wants you free. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, I don't act the way I used to act. Yeah, but you still think the way you used to think. You can control your actions. You, you, you know, uh, uh, Christianity is not a behavioral modification plan. You, know, you, you can control yourself for a little while, but you still, you still wrestle in, in the bondage of your mind. And, and man, in, order to, in order to beat it in your life, you've got to beat it in your mind. You can have freedom. The battle, the battle is for your mind. See, there are things that God wants to teach you that have power to break the things that hold you. There are things that God wants to teach you that have the power to break the things that have been holding you back. You, know, you can be like those guys that Jesus was talking to in John when he said, man, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Go read it later. If you go on past that, that, that verse, he says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who do you think you're talking to? We're not in bondage. Ain't got no chains wrapped around us. We're not servants. Who do you think you are? And here's the deal, is that if you are unwilling to see your bondage, you ain't ever going to walk in your freedom. 
You ain't ever going to be able to walk in freedom if you won't recognize, you you know, man, you you get into God and and you get into the house and you get into what he's doing and you might even get a new job. But if you still have the old mindset, guess where you're going to wind up? You're going to be the same place that you were before. You, you You can get a new spouse, but if you don't get a new mindset, you're going to repeat, you're going to repeat everything that you've ever been through before. And God don't want you to go back into that pain and into that hurt and into those wounds and, and reproduce it. And I know, I know, I know all the stuff that was bad was somebody else's fault, but that's the wrong belief system. And what God wants to do is renew your mind. See, here's the deal is if you and I would learn to walk in freedom, we'd never again need deliverance. How about we just learn to walk in freedom, huh? I think God would like to use your life as a model of freedom and restoration. How many of you know that when you were in darkness, there's a really good chance that there were some things taken from you? And you would like to have those things restored. How many of you know that God is like into restoration. He, he would like to restore. Matter of fact, look, look at Joel with me. Look at Joel chapter 2 and, and, and verse 25. I will, this is God talking, I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, palmer. We could break all that down and, and have like this whole series on, on worms. I'd just like to focus for a minute on restoration. That God said, I will restore years. Man, God can get back stuff that there ain't no other way to get it back. I mean, you know, think about it. You, you know, you, you, you've lost some money. You can make more money. You lost some friends. You can make more friends. You, you, you know, you, you've encountered certain things. You lost the house. You lost a bit. Well, you can get that back. But let me tell you something that you ain't going to get back on your own. Time. And I don't know about anybody else in the room, but there are moments that I look at my life and I think about time that, that, that I lost be, and simply because uh, you know, of allowing darkness, not turning any lights on, making the wrong choices, in and at the wrong place, being with the wrong folks, doing the wrong stuff, uh, all at the wrong time, and, and, and look at what's been taken from me. And, and, but God said, I can restore the time. Oh, that, that's good news. I don't care if you're 20. Or 80. That's good news because most of us have been in a place in our life where, where hey, you know what, that time, well, it's gone. And, and we, we, you know, we just kind of lock on to that. Well, you ain't ever getting that back. But God said, I'll restore to you the years. Look at verse 26. He said, I'll take you to a place you'll eat in plenty and you'll be satisfied. You'll have more than enough and you will praise the name of the Lord your God because he's going to deal wondrously with you. And you'll never be ashamed. Look at verse 27. And, and you will know that I am the, in the midst of Israel. I'm in the midst of you. Okay? And, and that I am the Lord your God and there's none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. I believe that God wants to do such a radical movement in your life that it demonstrates to those who are separated from him, far from him, that, that, that they will know, my goodness, that God is alive. I think God wants to do things in you, through you, for you, amongst you, and by you. There ain't no way you can take any credit for it. 
that it had to be God. And there are some areas in your life that I think that you ought to have enough passion to say, you know what? I don't need to live ripped off. I want it back. I want it back. And, and you ain't afraid to make a sound that sounds like you mean it. Look at somebody and tell him he's about ready to just flip my switch. There's two areas of, of restoration I, I want to point out real quick. Number one is return. Everybody say return. The restoration means that if something's going to be returned. Something that's been lost is going to be given back. You know, the, the, the first Adam in the garden, he lost our position, our authority. Jesus, the second Adam, came and he took it back. And, and, then, and then, you know what, because it's been given back, the Bible says, and so now what you're going to do is you're going to, you, it, this changes everything. Now, let the weak say, there's people in here who know their book. Now, let the poor say, well, I don't have very much. See, you hear it before you see it. When Jesus stepped in and said, let there be light, at that point, there was none. So he did not say what he saw, but he saw what he said. What if you were going to start seeing what you said? Well, I submit to you, you already do. Well, we ain't doing very well. That's like pouring kerosene on the fire. What if you changed the sound of your life? Well, that would be silly. That would just be silly. I'm not going to lie. Exactly. I submit to you, you're not going to lie. That you're going to call things which are not as though they were. And when you get to the end, they're going to be what you said they were. Well, I'm not going to lie. I love that line. Because you're not lying. You're prophesying. You know, I, when we were raising the boys, when, when, when they were younger, they would say things, and I would, you know, like, especially in the car, wasn't it, remember? It'd be in the car, and you got three of them crammed in the back of an economy car, and, and my boys just fit nicely in economy cars, you know, and, and we, we, we'd have them in the back, and they'd, they'd be getting, you know, a little bit uncomfortable, and they'd start saying things, and, 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 uh, and I would gently remind them in my warm, soft compassionate, nurturing manner. And I'd say, listen, sucker, you are prophesying right now. I never get anything. Okie dokie. You're prophesying. You know that whining that's coming out of you? You're prophesying. I, I just want you to wrap your mind around this reality. You're not going to lie. The Bible says that if you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth, you have whatsoever you say. Huh. Restitution is the second point of restoration. Restitution goes beyond that which was taken. Remember the tax collector gets hooked up with Jesus, and, and, and he says, you know what? I've been ripping people off forever. I'm going to go back into everybody I've stolen from. I'm going to give them back fourfold. 
He gives him more. And he's taking, remember Job, after he passed the test, he got double first trouble. There's, a, there's restitution, brings more. Proverbs 6.31 says that if you catch the thief, when the thief is found, he has to restore sevenfold. So restitution is, is, is God going above and beyond anything that you could ask or think. He doesn't just stop where it was. So there's going to be more. And, 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 and you know, and isn't it crazy that, uh, uh, that God not only wants to bring back that which was taken, but he wants to increase it? God wants to bring back that which was taken, but he also wants to increase it. Well, let me tell you why. Because everything God puts in your hand, he expects you to increase. And so when the enemy took it out of your hand, here, and then God returns it, restores it, brings restitution here, then he's going to bring it to you here, what it could have been here, not what it was there. I'm telling you that if, you know what, if you can just flip that little switch in your brain and start receiving revelation. Faith cometh by hearing, okay? If you can hear, listen, the, the thing that the enemy, the, the thing that he convinced you, that he ripped you off and he's constantly showed you for years, and you, and you sit around and you look what I've lost. Look what I've lost. You know why he wants you to focus on that? Because he does not want you to see what it is. Because when you get to the place, when you get to the place that God brings restitution, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. It's going to be increased above what, what, what you think you lost. Look at Mark chapter 3. Mark 3, we, we read this a few weeks ago, but there's one point I want to focus on. He's, Jesus is entering the synagogue again, and there's a man there with a withered hand. And then the religious people in verse 2, uh, they're watching really closely whether he's going to heal him wrong. I just love church folk. Because God's moving... In, in signs and wonders, and there's somebody over there with a clipboard making sure we've done it exactly the way we're supposed to, because if you do it wrong, bless God, I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> I won't preach that. I'm almost out of time. Okay, look at verse 3. And, and Jesus says to the man who had the withered hand, okay, he says to the man who has the withered hand, what's he going to do? He, you, you're going to go read this later, but what's he going to do? He's going to restore it, Okay. We don't know if this was from an accident or from child. We don't know. But here's the deal. Here's what he says to him. Step forward. Everybody say that with me. Say, step forward. Now say it louder. Step forward. One more time real loud. Step forward. Okay, you got to get this. Because in our mind, restoration, to get back what was taken, I need to go back to where I lost it. But that's wrong thinking. Okay, because what God's going to do for you is he's going to have you, if you want to bring that which was taken in your past into your present, then you need to boldly step into your future. You never find what you lost by going back. God don't want to take you back to where you lost it because, well, quite frankly, that's where you lost it. He's not going to restore your marriage to where it was. It sucked. Okay? He, he wants to bring it to a place where there's help, where there's healing, where there's, where there's freedom. And, and, and okay, now, now, now let me tie this stuff together real quick. Jesus said in John, he said, hey guys, if you continue in my word, then you're going to be my disciples. Okay, You want to be a disciple or do you want to just be one of the guys in the crowd? Because Jesus, let me tell you something, Jesus will get in huge crowds. 
Jesus could get a crowd, but the crowd couldn't get Jesus. Right? They were coming up, they were feeding 5,000 men plus women and children, right? We, we, got, we got a sack lunch program, and they all show up for that. But when Jesus started asking them for investment, they started stepping away. Hey, as long as they could just be a consumer, they're all in. But when God says, okay, now if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to take up your cross, you're going to deny yourself, and you're going to follow me, well, the crowd kind of got, it went from them to us. Okay? And there's a big change there. And, and if you're going to be a disciple, you're going to be a disciple, then you're going you're to stay in that word, and that word's going to present truth, and that truth is going to make you free. But you're going to be a disciple. Jesus said, narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there's only a few who find it. Which, by the way, that's kind of a weird verse. Narrow's the gate, and difficult is the way. Well, why isn't it easy? Because it's Difficult. Difficult means not easy. Why is the way to life difficult? Because it's the way to life. We're talking about life. More life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. We're talking about life. And you whining about difficult. Difficult is the way. And there's few that find it. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible says, ask, it shall be given. Knock, it shall be opened. Seek, and you shall find. Well, it, well which is it? Seek, and you shall find it. There's few that can find it. Well, there's few that find it because there's only a few who will seek. Why? Because they have the characteristic of a slacker. And you cannot consistently perform a task that's inconsistent with your character. See, you even think church should be easy. Well, I ought to be able to show up when I want, sing when I want, give when I want, Serve, went, no, never mind that part. <laughs> Call, and you shall answer me. Slacker. You're just a little slacker. <laughs> Bless your little heart. Well, I do my own stuff outside of here. Well, good for you. But... That's kind of like taking your hand, putting it in a bucket, and every now and then, bringing it with you. We're a body. We don't function separated. And the way of life is difficult. You want to know why? Because you're a part of it. <laughs> Not very many people seek it. Not very many people seek it. And, and, and then you find out that restoration, restoration, it, it literally means the creation. I'll, I'll read it to you so that you don't think I made this up. I'll read it off my notes. <laughs> and then you, you won't think I made it up. Restoration is the creation of new structures. The creation of new structures. God's going to restore your marriage. Not to where it was. 
but he's going to give you new structures. Maybe you ought to be praying with each other, doing devotions together. Do you know that one out of every two marriages in America fails? And they say both inside the church and outside the church, which I like to argue because the, that, that, that percentage that calls himself in the church, they just showed up 13 minutes before divorce court. But that's a different argument. 50% of marriages end in divorce. 93% of marriages that pray together succeed. So you're telling me that I could take my chances from 50% to 93% and all I got to do is pray with my spouse? Well, what's going on? Slacker. You need a new structure. Maybe God can restore your body, but you probably need some new structure created, a lifestyle that keeps you healthy. Maybe God could restore the finances, but you probably have to have a new structure to deal with those bad spending habits. See, the, the 40 years, the 40 years in the desert, it's only an 11-day trip. What's with the 40 years? Kind of slacker when it comes to learning, too. How long are you going to be in the wilderness? I don't know. When are you going to turn the light on? Somebody's getting a phone call right now. I believe, uh, you know, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee on thy phone. That hurt my. You know what? Maybe what you need to do is say, okay, I'm making a decision. This is not the year of deliverance. This is the year of restoration. So I need to prepare for freedom. I need to prepare for freedom. God wants to take me into a place of freedom. He wants me to be free. Listen, you've been delivered from sin. You just struggle walking in freedom over sin because the freedom is yours. Victory has a sound. Defeat has a sound. I'm not sure what this sound is. But you have the right to walk in freedom. Okay? You have the right to walk in freedom. You have the right to walk in freedom. Well, where is it at? Let there be light. See, that's the declaration that you need to make in your life today. God, you sent your word. It healed them. It healed them. God, it healed me. I'm healed. I'm restored. I, I, I'm delivered. I have everything that I need to live a life that pleases you. So in my life, let there be light. Now, I'm going to prepare for my freedom. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to equip myself with all that you've given me so that I can demonstrate Satan's defeat. I'm going to live a life that humiliates hell. I am going to prepare for my freedom. I'm going to get in. I'm going to break off that, that, that mindset of a slacker. I'm going to work. Why? Because, God, you have, you have already done. You, you've done everything that needs to be done. You have accomplished it. He's got, listen, God is not, 
anything less than victorious. He has overcome. Okay, he has overcome. The Bible says, in 1 John, it says, hey, you are of God, little children. You are of God. Poke somebody and say, you are of God. And it goes on and says, you are of God. You are of God, and you have already overcome and defeated them, the agents of darkness in this earth. You already have victory. You already have authority. You already have power. Well, come on, somebody, let there be light in your life. And know the truth, walk in freedom. I just want to say this as I wrap this thing up this morning. If there's areas of chaos in your life, just stop thinking it's some issue that deal with something. Realize, no, it's the lack of insight, revelation, knowledge, understanding, discernment. And James said, if, you, if, if you're lacking in this area, ask him. Man, he'll give wisdom in, for all things. He, he, he won't pull you up by the roots and shake you around because you're ding-dong. No, he loves to give wisdom. He loves to give insight. He loves to give revelation. He wants you to walk the way of life, but it's not easy. It's difficult. But be among the few. Don't be, don't be like the many. Don't be like the many who are just going through some, you know, some ritual, some routine, checking things off as they go, and then going back to that other lifestyle. No, man, don't be like that. Know that, man, God wants to use my life as a model of restoration. And if, you, if, 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 he, if anybody can do it, God can do it. I'm going to let him, and I'm going to agree with him. And, 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 and when I'm weak, I'm going to say, I'm strong. And when I'm poor, I'm going to say, I'm rich. And when I'm sick, I'm going to say, I'm healed. And, and, and trust me, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But I'm taking, I'm taking authority. And, and, and that slacker, lazy attitude, I'm driving it out of my life. Starting now. Starting now. Starting now. Everybody close your book and bow your head and let's just pray together. And some of you guys, you, you're in this place. And the very first step, man, the first step. Talk about walking with God. Well, there's some steps. You've got to take steps if you're going to walk with God. And the first step is to recognize the fact that, you know what, I haven't been allowing God to direct my steps. I don't let God lead the way. I'm I'm asking God, in essence, to follow me, and I want to be a follower of Christ. So I'm going to let him change me, and I'm going to make this prayer that we're all going to pray together today. I'm going to make it my prayer. And I'm going to surrender my will. I'm going to pray today, not my will be done, but thine, and in my life. And God, I want to be a disciple. I'm willing to use discipline. So I'm making this prayer mine. If that's you, and, 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 you know, maybe what we might call the sinner's prayer, maybe you've never even heard of that. Maybe you've prayed it a thousand times. That's not the question. The question is, are you ready today to say, I will be a disciple? I will deny myself. I'll take up this cross. I'm going to follow you, Lord. That's the prayer we're going to pray. And if that's you, we won't ask you to stand. I won't call you out or embarrass you. But if you're here today, you say, Pastor Tom, I'm making this my prayer. I want you to hold your hand up real high so I can agree with you. Thank you, 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 thank you. It's awesome. Just everybody pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. 
Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, let's give him a praise that sounds like victory.